You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to the week six episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me on the show, as always, is... Marcus Henson, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. Good evening, or good afternoon, or good morning, depending on where you are in the world listening to us. <laughs> Indeed. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Sounds very Truman Show there of you. <laughs> <laughs> nice, and how have you been since our last show, sir? Been very, very good, thank you. Busy, busy with all of your uni work, no doubt? Yeah, end of year is fast approaching, and end of year stresses are fast increasing. <laughs> well, let's take your mind off it with some LFL action then. So, not only am I joined by the young Marcus this week, but later in the show we are going to be joined by two of the current Los Angeles Temptation players and they are Michelle Angel and Carmen Borso. That's a pretty good lineup. That's what I thought. Now unfortunately this week there is no major news that we can think of so when we come back we will be giving you our game review of the Los Angeles Temptation versus the Las Vegas Sin. Hi this is Tony from Delicious in Hemel. If you like a bit of banter with your sandwiches, then come on down to us. We do baguettes, ciabattas, paninis. We can even discuss the LFL with you. So why don't you come and give us a try? And if you want some more details of our menu, see the links on the Legends Lounge page. So we come on now then to the game itself between Los Angeles Temptation and the Las Vegas Sin. Of course, LA back at the Coliseum in Los Angeles playing outside in what is one of the uh, most iconic arenas in that area. What a great atmosphere it was for that game as well. The LA fans really showed up for me. Yeah, it's got that sort of uh, atmosphere that you really want and the, the league is sort of building itself around, you know, outdoors, on the grass. It just, it looks great. And the fans that close to the action as well. Did you see all of the fans on uh, one of the sidelines as well? The VIPs down pitch side. Into the game itself, going to dive straight in with the first drive. And there were some nice passes for Las Vegas Sin, followed up by the one-yard touchdown run from Cindy Cummings, looking very impressive on their opening possession. I, I had it as a little bit slow, but it was very methodical. And I think it was that whole idea, you know, running the game, trying to keep Temptation offense, Salerno uh, and Borso and the likes off the field. So it, it seemed to work nicely for me, the fact that it killed... A nice bit of time. And that's going to lead me nicely, actually, thinking of Solano. They were obviously treating it a bit like the great quarterbacks in the NFL, where if you're up against them, the best way to beat them is just to keep them off the field completely. So I'm going to come on to our NFL nicknames now for young Ashley Solano. Marcus, who would you say we should nickname her as? Oh, it's got to be a really good running quarterback because, you know, she doesn't just kill you through the air she also uses her feet she uses her quick mind to to see when there's an opportunity and she runs she runs hard and fast and because she can throw the ball we can't really compare her to tebow i suppose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no that, that'd just be too cruel so maybe aaron Rodgers. yeah like that very very tough competitor so if you like it are you happy to stick with it yeah let's lock that in lock that in okay that's your final answer <laughs> final answer no phone the friends no nothing we're good <laughs> excellent so on la's first drive they seem to change it up this year. They've gone with no huddle for quite a lot of the game and also the the first drive. It didn't end so well with a, 
a fumble after a few plays, but they look to be kind of countering the Las Vegas plan of keeping them off the field by just snapping the ball really quickly. Yeah, and again, going back to time, this is how you see it. Um, one of the biggest um, opening stats I saw from the game wasn't so much the yardage and stuff, time of possession. Um, Las Vegas had double the amount of time, 27 minutes to LA's 12. They run it very quick. They kept them on their toes. And I can see why, because it's kind of a, a younger, inexperienced Las Vegas defense. So how do you keep the confusion and the mistakes high? Well, you just run really quick and you execute at a high level. And they did that. And, you know, that's okay. The fumble happened, you know, brush that aside. They did it all night. Um, the defense for Las Vegas, unfortunately, looked a little bit shell-shocked. Yeah, definitely. And we'll come on more to the second half. Cause I think the second half is when we truly saw what LA had to offer. But just finishing off with the, the first half. So on Vegas's next possession, Los Angeles had that big goal line stop, stopping them going two touchdowns ahead after the turnover. Um, and then on the next drive, runs by Solano and, uh, Carmen Borso leading to a, a touchdown for, for Carmen. Yeah, that was the big one for me. It was the goal line stand. Um, effectively Las Vegas leaving six points definitely on the pitch there, you know, and for me against such a good competitor, that is LA. I don't think you can afford to do that. And it seemed to be that that was the way there was a couple of other instances throughout the night. They were leaving opportunities on the field, sort of third downs, fourth downs, not converting them. And then giving the ball back to a very good LA offense. And I think one of the main factors to that was that LA defense managed to keep Cynthia Schmidt quiet most of the night as well. Or sorry, Cynthia <laughs> Schmidt. <laughs> yes, yes, that was that was the big thing. Is that forced um, Cindy to to sort of look at other options. The one I really liked was um, very tall player. They got the Charlotte Abrahamson, especially first half. She was dynamite because such such a tall frame great target to throw at. She just sat down in the pockets in the zone and just picked them up, short little five yards catch, you know, get Cindy out of trouble and then just go and run for the extra 10. Did it about twice in the first half where they dug themselves out of a bit of a hole. But it was just, once they got down to that sort of, uh, what would be the red zone, I guess, the compressed field, there was nowhere to go. And the short, aggressive running game just seemed to get bottlenecked up. There was some great defense, very aggressive defense, um, which just put a stop to that. So score at half time uh, it was thirteen six to LA because Solano managed to get another touchdown run in there before the half. Now, thinking of Solano, I just want to talk about some of the things I love about Los Angeles watching them play obviously being a fan is going to be maybe slammed slightly uh, buyers here I don't know but I love hmm. watching I love watching Borso and Solano and just and even uh, Ogum Chichindu as well when she gets the ball the way they run the way they lower the shoulder when they're going into the tackle the power running it just there's something about it I'm very much old school when it comes to my football tactics. I mean, yeah, sure, a nice pass looks good, but when you see someone thundering down the field and breaking tackles and putting their shoulder in, that's football for me. For me, it was Borso was the key, the linchpin to um, to this, as, as well as, as, as Ashley, because my thing with Ashley is just her presence. Her presence to see when the play is busted and when to run. And, and that was really the difference. For me, there was a few times... 
Cindy just took a little bit too long thinking, do I try to make a run? Do I go for the pass? And there were, there was a few times when she's got to throw the ball away because she's taking a few lickings that she does, just does not need. Solano, she, she knows, I haven't got a throw here. Bang. She's off and running straight away. The indecision's completely gone. She's making massive yards. Absolutely. I mean, she was sitting there just cracking off sort of what would be a broken play for 15 yards. A broken play for 15 yards. I mean, that for me was a big key. Yeah, and I guess that's probably why she is described as the best quarterback in the league at the moment. Yeah, oh yeah, you contending with that, that's definitely justified. So just to round up the game itself, because obviously we'll get a chance to talk to the players more about it later in the show, so I'm sure people would rather hear <laughs> their side of things rather than ours. What do you reckon, Marcus? Pretty, pretty sure they would. <laughs> so yeah, so just to finish off, the final score in the game was uh, LA 59, Las Vegas 24, and a couple more sort of stats on the evening. Borsa had 115 yards and three touchdowns, and Solano herself accounted for four touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and two passing touchdowns. And and as we said, there 74 yards on the ground as well for Solano. So all in all, just a, a very methodical, clinical performance from LA, especially in the second half. In my opinion, Las Vegas left too many points on the field, uh, maybe 12 points, which of course wasn't going to win them the game today. However. I think Las Vegas, looking forward, positives here, the offense still looks amazing. I mean, if you think of uh, your, your Madden rankings, think of Marcus ra- rankings now, offense is looking great. Eight out of ten, nearly nine, eight and a half. Let's call it eight and a half. I like that. Eight and a half out of ten for the offense. It's firing on all cylinders. I'm loving this Dominique Malloy. She looks amazing. Great little running back. But the defense is still same old sin. Great offense. Where's the defense, guys? It's going to end up that they're going to lose these big shootout games because, yes, you can put the points on the board, but you just can't defend them. So, you know, they've got to do something there. But as you say, LA, they came in, their game plan worked. It kept Las Vegas puffing and panting and boom, W in the wing column. Well, my last comment on that is I can tell you exactly where the Las Vegas defense went. It flew to Seattle. Of course, I'm there for anyone listening. I'm referring to Danica Brace, the great middle linebacker. So <laughs> you have to forgive my uh, English sense of humor there. But hey, don't, that, don't forgive. Don't forgive. Well, whoever side you want to be on, remember. Hey, guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? Performance training. Focus yet ever active in their community film study practice in superb condition leading a healthy lifestyle I'm an LFL athlete are you we now welcome our special guest onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming running back for the Los Angeles Temptation, Carmen Borso. Welcome to the show, Carmen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're most welcome. And just to check as well, was my pronunciation of your surname okay there? It was perfect. Spot on. Excellent. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. So... 
with this being sort of, I think, your third season in the league now, please yeah. can I ask you to advise our listeners what you were doing prior to joining the league and who or what inspired you to, to start playing? Before I started playing the league, I ran track. I was a heptathlete. Um, I ran for Cal State Long Beach. Once I graduated, I kind of, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, it was tough not being in something that was competitive, just kind of going to the gym and working out. And I just felt like I didn't have any kind of motivation. And I definitely missed the competitive drive. And I tried doing uh, bikini competitions and definitely realized I'm way too muscular for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I happened to pick up an oxygen magazine and there was a girl on the front. Her name's, uh, and I apologize to her if I totally botched her last name, but um, her name's Amber Elizabeth Dodswit. I believe that's her last name. But um, I looked at her interview and she was talking about how she played football in the LFL. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I looked it up online and it kind of just went from there. And I was like, I want to do this. I don't know where it is, what teams they have. And I found out they had one in Las Vegas. I found out the exact date when they had tryouts and I I had about eight months to train until they had their tryouts. I found one of my friends. I said, teach me everything you know about football. And I came out and tried out. <laughs> so was that the first time that you started playing? And had you followed it much from when you were younger? Or was it just kind of on the back of the article that you decided it was a, a sport you wanted to try? Yeah, I mean, I played flag football in fourth grade, but it wasn't something I ever expected to play later on. I watched the New York Giants with my my dad since I was two. <laughs> but other than that, I never would have thought I'd be playing football right now. When you first came into league, you mentioned there you tried out for the Las Vegas team and you had a season there in Las Vegas and a, a very good rookie year, I might add as well. And But yes. can I please ask what made you decide to move to Los Angeles away from the Las Vegas sin? It started off with a, a personal reason. My grandfather had three strokes and I really wanted to be closer to him. My family's in LA. So it was just a good opportunity to be able to spend as much time as I could with him. So that's what really pushed me. I mean, I definitely, I was able to play with the team in an exhibition game in Seattle for the Pacific Cup. And I already knew I loved the girls and I, I definitely meshed well with them. So that made it a lot easier too. The Pacific Cup, that would have been two years ago then, would it, that you played in that? Yeah, maybe a little over a year. I don't know about two years. I'm bad at dates though, so <laughs> the wrong person asked. <laughs> no, I was looking a bit that way myself, to be honest, so I won't hold that against you, don't worry. <laughs> now, last season in, in Los Angeles, you were being coached by uh, Coach Eddie Chan, and, and this year you've had the transition to Coach Bizzup. How have you found that transition and and has that had any impact on the team's training? I mean, there are two different styles of uh, coaching. And I think I actually have benefited from working with both because it's just a, a different approach. And I definitely am able to pull positive feedback from either one of them. Coach Eddie's been able, you know, he was able to pick out, um, you know, certain things that I needed to work on in my technique or whatnot. And um, Biz is very intense. 
And, and I love that about him. He does not let any of us get by with anything. <laughs> so he's a bit, uh, he can be a bit of a drill sergeant, then I take it. He's kind is, of- he is, but I love it. It definitely makes me stay on my toes and work really hard. I already know I have up downs from this past game because I dropped the ball. <laughs> Oh yeah, the the deep pass I think from Solana yes. is that the one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so how many up downs does he make you do on the back of something like that? Then you know what? I think there was twenty up downs for that, and I missed a block. That's another twenty there. <laughs> so I'll be doing some up downs this weekend. Oh wow! <laughs> Fair play. Well, good luck with those. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make me stronger. <laughs> I'm sure it will. And just thinking of training as well, you get to play with someone who's quite often described as the best quarterback in the league in Ashley Solano. Would you say that's a fair description of her abilities and how would you sort of assess how she plays on the field? Absolutely. She's definitely a born leader. Um, She's an incredible athlete. I mean, when we're out on the field, she commands, you know, a lot of respect and her presence and she's able to make decisions off the fly. I mean, she's been playing since, since she was young. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely look up to her in football. She's, she's not only football smart, but she's extremely athletic. We come on now to the game itself against the, the sitting and I have to ask, from last year to this year, did you find it a bit easier to run against them because they had a few rookies in, in their defense and obviously not having the, the key part of Danica Brace at middle linebacker? Without having her there, it made it, it easier running up the middle. That's definitely somebody that's hard to uh, face head on <laughs> once you get through the hole. <laughs> but yeah, I think your running style seems to be a bit similar to Solano. You both like to put your shoulder down when you're kind of making contact with the defenders. Ashley's got it down packed. I'm still working on it. <laughs> and with that said, actually, with our show this year, what we've been trying to do is give all of the LFL players kind of an NFL related nickname. So is okay. there a, an NFL running back you would say your style is similar to or who you would try and emulate? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I definitely think, you know, as a north-south runner, Frank Gore, but... I know, it's a a tricky question. I mean, I definitely, of course, Marshawn Lynch. I would love to be a, 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 you know, spitting image of him as a female uh, running back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that that poses an interesting teaser for us because we... uh, That's a nickname, unfortunately, we've already used this year to uh to describe christelle harris uh when we had her on the show she was quite happy taking that nickname uh so maybe we could go with uh carmen gorb or so would that be okay i'm, I'm you know what i'll take it yeah he's a badass too <laughs> excellent well we'll come back now to the game itself against las vegas and apart from the, the bits you mentioned earlier that you're gonna uh, pay for in training in general, I thought you had a really good game. 115 yards, three touchdowns, a great way to start the season. Yeah, absolutely. It was exciting. Your next game is Seattle on isn't it, a week Friday, I believe. So what sort of things do you do individually and, and as a team to prepare for your next opponent? I mean, they're definitely going to be a, a tough team to go up against. I mean, they have... I believe they have Danica back up in Seattle. For myself, I'm just making sure I have my strength, my speed. Um, I definitely work on that, you know, on my own. And then as a team, when we get together for practice, just make sure we're able to move the chains. Before we finish off the interview itself, 
please can I ask if you can give our listeners, some who may be new to the sport or have come across, stumbled across the podcast, as it were, if you can give them three reasons to uh, start watching or continue watching the uh, LFL. Who wouldn't want to see incredibly beautiful, talented athletes playing what's considered a male sport with so much intensity? It's not only just us going head on tackling. I mean, we have plays, they're legit plays, and it's real football. Um, a lot of people come in there just wanting to see beautiful women and then seeing a game for the first time, they realize that we actually know what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think from just from what you were saying earlier, the way the coaches or a lot of the coaches seem to treat you as players as well. They treat you as football players first, it seems, rather than anything else or, or any kind of stereotypes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, our training, we go through the same kind of training that men do, you know, the same kind of drills. We hit you know, we play hard and we're running plays just like the guys do. Thank you very much for your time today, Carmen. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. And it's been a pleasure to be on. I appreciate it. You're most welcome and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. I just want to be given the chance. You were the pioneers that built women's football. The opportunity to succeed. (laughs) Or even to fail. You are the league of their own. This is it! The LFL on Fuse. Saturdays, starting April 18th. This is Lauren Ziegler with the Atlanta Steam, and you're listening to the LFL Talk with Adrian Marcus. The world's fastest-growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms. Inside the huddle. Every other front, they run to the outside and they're getting it. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. It is now time to welcome our next guest onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming safety for the Los Angeles temptation, Michelle Angel. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, thank you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. How about yourself? Good, good. So this is your second season in the league, but please can I ask you to advise our listeners what you were doing prior to joining the league and who or what inspired you to start playing? Yeah, sure. Um, I was actually a basketball player. I've been playing basketball my whole life. And um, I went to Logan Hills High School um, in California. And actually, Kelly Schrader, a former LFL player, started posting pictures on Facebook because she was in the league. And um, I just saw her pictures and I thought it was awesome. Went online, went uh, to a tryout, and uh, here I am. And you would have played with her last year as well, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? She was a wide receiver. She did one season in Los Angeles, didn't she? Correct. Yes, I did play with her last season. Yeah. So we went to the same high school. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> How was you kind of reconnected through, through the LFL? Yes, yes, definitely. Now, this season, you've seen um, the return of, of Coach Bizzup as opposed to having Coach Chan last year. How has that change been in the transition between the 
the coaches and and has your personal training changed much or the team training changed much at all? They are very, two very different styles. Um, I love Eddie and um, I love Biz as well, but it, they are very different. Um, we're a lot more physical with Biz. Um, you know, we're constantly hitting and we're we're taking to the ground every practice. We don't take any days off of hitting, so. I think that's a big change. Um, the physicality of our team has, has increased uh, dramatically since last season. In the build-up to this season, I saw on, on Facebook, it seems you were getting quite a lot of reps at quarterback. Is that a position you've thought about playing before, or was it more just because maybe if Solano was injured? It's not the position that you know I tried out for. Uh, when I came in, there was... You know, LA is a veteran team and there was one spot open and it was a safety spot. And um, so, you know, I set my eyes on that. As far as quarterback, I was willing to step up if the team needed me. And, you know, I can throw and everything, but not necessarily, uh, you know, something that I was getting for from the start. Well, with that said, actually, we're um, currently actually in the process of assigning NFL nicknames to all of the LFL players just because we think it's a, a good way to help people associate with the sport is there any safety in the nfl that you would say you tried to replicate or you tried to play like that's a that's a tough question i'm not going to compare myself to anybody um but revis you're on island if you throw the ball my way uh, in my head that's my ball so just always trying to make a play on the ball oh fantastic now we come on now to the game itself what's it like playing against a a quarterback of the the quality of cindy cummings you know she really hard she can scramble out of the pocket she actually uh did really well in the game against us um and you know she hits hard so she she's very talented but um you know we do have a veteran defense and i i think we uh you know we did a good job at getting some stops and holding them off and i'm um, just going to try and continue to do that the more times we play them you say that and i think there was a big stop as well on their second drive where you managed to stop them on your own goal line as well right right yeah um, you know, they actually had us, they, they had us a little bit in the beginning. We got off to a little bit of a rough start offensively, but you know, our defense held up and we did stop them goal line and that was huge into the turnaround of the momentum of the game. And I'm going to bring in Marcus now. I'm sure you have uh, a few questions for Michelle, sir. So I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Hi there, Michelle. Hi, how you doing? Very well. Thank you. Um, as it is a longer season this year, so it's going to take more at your body, more hard hitting. Um, have you changed the way you've trained or prepared for it? Um, changing the way I've trained, though, um, you know, I'm just trying to ice bath a lot more. Honestly, that is the best thing um, from here right now. Uh, just because, you know, we're, we're hitting all day, every day. And um, for L.A., our games are only about a week and a half, two weeks apart. So, you know, we're expected to be hitting on the weekend in practice. And then, you know, game come game time, we're hitting again. So for me, um, you know, my training has pretty much stayed the same. Just all about recovery now and making sure that my body is ready to play it the next day. And looking ahead to uh, the game itself, you've got a week and a, and a bit to, to prepare for Seattle. Have you had much chance to, to see any of their film from last? year and kind of think about where their, their danger might be coming from in the aerial attack this year? It's going to be a little bit different than last year. Um, I know they do have KK Nassini coming in, so it's going to be a little bit of a different look at quarterback. And, um, you know, I know they, they do have some great power backs coming in. So um, we're just going to try and use our experience and our veteran defense to stop the run game and then, you know, kind of test her and see if she has the arm to throw deep on us and uh, we'll see what happens. Before we finish off, Please, can I ask if you're able to give uh, any guidance to any young ladies wanting to actually get involved in the league and, and how they may go about that? To be honest, it, 
a lot of people say size matters and it does to a certain extent. Um, but you know, if you look at me, my name, my, my nickname is Minnie for a reason. I'm, I'm a little bit smaller. Um, so, you know, it's all about heart and how hard you play determines if you'll be out on the field and just know the game in general. Just watch football all the time, learn football and check the websites for tryouts and then get out there. You never know what could happen. That's brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Michelle. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Okay, thank you, guys. Spunhead Productions are a small, independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now spamheadproductions.weebly.com That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com Well, that wraps it up from us for another episode of LFL Talk. Just remains for me to thank both of our guests this evening, Michelle Angel and Carmen Borso. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Also, a big thank you to Marcus Henson for being my amazing co-host. I love listening to that every time. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both, my friend. Also, Mr. Mark Taylor of Spamhead Productions, who uh, produces the show for us, always does a great job. Remember, we are downloadable from Stitcher Radio. We are downloadable on iTunes. Our more recent shows are rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. Most importantly, the shows are always available on LFL360.com. If you click on the radio section, you will see all of this season's podcasts along with the most recent episodes. Don't forget to stay up to date with all of the game film by going to the LFL official YouTube channel, which is www.youtube.com youtube.com forward slash my lfl so until next time football fans stay safe take care and thanks for stopping by